Thanks for tuning in to HOH. I'm Drew. Oh, changing up HOH, huh? <laughs> if you all know, that's high on horror. It, well, we're going to say it afterwards. I know, so I but figured, you know. If you don't know, fuck you. <laughs> uh, no, thank you for joining us. Uh, and I'm John. I just skip past my name and just start insulting people. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're reviewing the movie that dethroned Avatar 2 at the box office for the number one spot, Knock at the Cabin. M. I kept Night- calling this Knock at the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> this is uh, the two. M. Night Shyamalan's newest horror film. Uh, we gave you the opening weekend to see it before we shared our opinion. Yeah, M. Night fucking, he made sure to represent Philly. He always tries to represent Philly somewhere in one of the movies. Yep. We're pretty close to Philly, so fuck yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. We'll be talking spoilers. You'll get spoiled, but, well, don't worry. We'll give you the usual, like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, you know, we'll signal that warning. Cabin in the Woods, you just said it. Did I fuck you just me? said Cabin Bro, in the Woods. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've talked about this movie and I've been like, hey, have you, are you going to see Cabin in the Woods? And I'm like, fuck, no. And I just did it now. Knock at the Cabin. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, I also suggest you see that. Uh, but knock at the cabin. We'll let you know if you should see it. But, you know, we're just two idiots, so you don't have to take our opinion for it. And uh, we'll give you warnings about spoilers, all that shit, you know. All that and more today on High on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. All right, so uh, before we get started, uh, how long until there's a porn ripoff, cock at the cabin? Knock at the cock. (laughs) (laughs) Knock. (laughs) All right, dude, what are we smoking today? (laughs) Wow, you just shut that one down quick. (laughs) No, I just didn't want us to get, uh, I didn't want us to, you know, we're going to get ahead of ourselves and just turn this into a fucking train of of dick jokes, and that just doesn't need to happen right now. (laughs) Anyway. We got uh, some uh, Cody Rhodes Starduster. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. It's not officially Cody Rhodes. It's, no. Um, it'd be cool if Cody Rhodes put his name on it, but I know he does not like the Stardust character. <laughs> uh, it's 21% THC. Damn. Okay. Some some good shit tonight. Okay. Don't have uh, too much about the history on this, but uh, your feelings are happy, giggly, talkative. Well, that all sounds like perfect things for us today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the negatives. There's no dry mouth. No dry mouth. We're just no going to get paranoid, dizzy, and might have a headache. Oh, that's all. And uh, the flavors are pepper, honey, and lemon, which sound terrible separate. I never, besides the dry mouth, I never suffer. <laughs> dry mouth. I never suffer any of the side effects of any of these weeds. I always just get. I've baked. never got dizzy. No, me neither. I never. I mean, paranoid. I've got a, yeah, I've got a headache. If I had enough, that's more edibles. Well, I think with the headache, the headache comes from how much you smoke. I've never gotten a headache from just smoking, yes. but I have smoked like like all day where I've gotten a headache from that <laughs> shit. Because you're like, I feel like we're basically dehydrating ourselves. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do get a paranoid some, but that's more when I take too many edibles, and then you end up at you know a family Christmas Eve party, and you're like, holy fuck, I got to switch my breathing to manual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> switch my breathing to manual. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I shouldn't have to think about breathing. I'm just, and I'm like, yo, I spent 20 minutes just focusing on my breathing, being all paranoid. <laughs> I had way too many gummies. They were like 75 milligrams a piece, and I ate like four of them. No and I, I know somebody's probably out there like, Psh, bitch, yeah, like amateur. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fucking Joey Diaz. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I packed this up a bong of it. I'll get sparked here. 
All right, cool. So, um, getting into the uh, movie here, um, M. Night Shyamalan has given us some great films over the years, like The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Glass, Signs, and my favorite, my favorite, The Visit. John, what's your favorite? The Visit's good. Um, I feel like I've probably brought this up before on the show. I know I've at least talked to you about it. But uh, The Sixth Sense kind of got ruined for me. Yeah. Because one of my asshole friends as a kid was like, oh, Bruce Willis is dead. And to me going in, I'm like, oh, okay, Bruce Willis is dead. But then when you're halfway through the movie, you're like, yeah, this movie's wholly bit ruined for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it just sucks because I can't experience that for the first time. But The Visit's a good one. Um, signs yeah man signs is signs excellent probably be my favorite okay and i you just got me to watch that one probably about what two years ago yeah yeah i don't know i feel like i'm not a huge fan of m night some of his movies i like some of them i find boring yeah like uh the lady in the water lady in the water yeah, Nicole like that one i mean you could probably get people probably get me i couldn't finish it <laughs> I was like 19, so it was one of those ones that I'm just like, it was boring as shit. You just knew like this one isn't going to lead to anywhere I care for the, it to go. That's the Paul Giamatti one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I want to make sure I got it right, but yeah, I was just like, Nicole finished it and she liked it and I was like, cool, it was boring as shit to me. I went and, <laughs> I went and started playing my PSP. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Knock at the Cabin is uh, Shyamalan's 15th film, man. Shyamalan. Holy shit, right? 15. Did you say 15? Yes, his 15th film. Many. Well, I guess he had the whole like. When you think back glass, on it, you know, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, Knock at the Cabin is only his second uh, R rating to date too. Um, his first was The Happening from 2008. Uh, according to Shyamalan in an interview that I've seen recently, all of his films get R ratings when they go through the MPAA simply for being too intense. And instead of like actually having to remove scenes or things happening, he usually just gets rid of like a visceral sound somewhere from like one scene in the movie. And that puts it back down to a PG 13 rating. Just his intensity and the noise alone gets him an R rating. It's insane. Yeah, it was what I saw. It was R I don't ever, I don't know about you, but I never usually go into a movie and even know what the rating is on the movie. I feel like I just always assume they're PG-13 or R. Yeah. I feel like, I guess there's a couple scenes that make it have to be an R movie, but overall, like, it's that classic. And I even noticed it watching, I'm like, yeah, like, some fucked up shit's happening, we hear some noises, but, like, you don't actually necessarily see what's yeah, happening agreed yeah and uh yeah um and it's a it's a Shyamalan and james wan do the same thing they make these like seriously scary movies that are like pg-13 worthy but they'll get r ratings just for intensity like the conjuring barely has language in it there's barely any nudity i don't know there's no nudity in it it's a wholesome movie and that shit got a hard r just you know what i mean so it's like when you build that intensity up it's like you don't even get the show gore before you get an r rating it's crazy you know so that's real masterful though wouldn't you say like yeah, it's if you definitely can get an masterful. R without showing a lot of shit which this movie does show stuff a couple times but i feel like it it's aftermath yeah you don't necessarily i guess there are some pretty disturbing scenes that we'll probably get more into on the spoilers yeah but yeah definitely well um I'm, yeah i guess it could be an r for me i feel like it's more of a pg-13 like we didn't see this together so we mm -hmm. haven't really talked a whole lot about but like i took my nephew today he's 
fifteen. I feel like it was appropriate movie for him to see at that. Yeah, age. I don't think. Yeah, it doesn't show enough, but I for I, I think fifteen's fine. But yeah, um, so Knock at the Cabin is actually based on the book The Cabin at the End of the World. I'm sorry, <laughs> let me do that again. Knock at the Cabin is actually based on the book The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay, which I have not read but want to. Yeah, that came out in uh, twenty eighteen actually. Yeah, and uh, um, actually, it's I. I had never heard of the book until Josh had brought it up when we were talking in a group chat about it. But, uh, yeah, it's also his first adaptation of any of his works. So, Oh, excellent. I'm interested to see what other work, like, I don't really know much about him. I'd be interested to see, like, what other type of, are all his books kind of these, like, mind like benders, dark mind benders, thrillers. yeah, totally. And, uh, you, yeah, uh, Knock at the Cabin touches up on such themes as survival, distrust, paranormal, Truth versus belief, loyalty, claustrophobia, empathy, sacrifice, uh, a supernatural and occultism, uh, all these things. Shyamalan said that he really likes to tell stories of confinement through a small window and that movies nowadays to get you off of the couch need to be experiential. And I definitely agree. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know that this necessarily necessitates a, a theater viewing. But I mean, I enjoyed watching the theater, but yeah, I feel like nowadays for the general public, like I hear all the time, oh, I don't want to go to the movies. I have Mm -hmm. my TV at home and there are some movies like, I guess the MCU movies and I would argue the Nolan, like anything Christopher Nolan makes has to be seen in theaters. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Using the MyMax cameras. Yeah. Unfortunately, I I'd be interested to see this. We're recording this Sunday evening. I haven't seen any of the numbers for it, but I'd be interested to see because the showing I went to was pretty empty on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, uh, maybe like 14 plus million. Uh, so right. yeah, 80 for Brady came in right behind it with like 13 million though. So that's a little worrisome that that movie actually did as well as it did. I didn't expect 80 for Brady to do shit. It's funny as much as, uh, much as uh people hate tom brady they'll go see a movie based <laughs> based around a group of people that like tom brady <laughs> so anyway back to a uh, knock at the cabin uh batista was really excited to get this role he said that it was the quote opportunity of a lifetime end quote and that roles like this don't usually come to people like him because big people always get offers for action movies but i appreciate dave as an actor he's he's doing a good job i saw that he's unhappy with the way drax went downhill uh in the guardians of the galaxy films uh by completely becoming like a goofy character and not being like hard anymore. And uh, he wants to play a lot more dramatic roles. And I think he's off to a good start. See, he's going to bring up Drax, but I'm going to say that's part of what I liked about the evolution of the Drax character. Tell me he doesn't have like uh, one of the best lines in, uh, I always get, it's not infinity war Endgame when he's standing there eating the chip mm-hmm. you know the scene i'm talking about oh yeah 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 he's like oh you can't see me because i'm invisible and he just like keeps eating <laughs> and the you chip. can't like, see him that's yeah one of my favorite. Like, that, that scene was hilarious as shit i mean i i guess i get a get the idea he's supposed to like you know he's supposed to be hard but like In the first film he was a little more dicky you know he's become kind of completely soft but yeah, he's still funny i mean i i still enjoy the character and uh yeah i actually saw an article um i briefly brought up to you it said uh is it time to say that dave batista is the greatest wrestler turned actor like not in terms of box office Mm -hmm. or things like that but just as a as just an actor and i can't think of anybody else 
I feel like I'm probably going to forget somebody, but like, yeah. I mean, R.I.P. Roddy Piper for They Live, but yeah, Roddy that Piper's wasn't a dramatic there. role like this. Like, and I don't yeah. think The Rock could do this. If you pluck Black Adam from the screen and dropped him into this movie, it wouldn't have been the same thing at all. Well, um, that Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not Hogan either. No holds barred, brother. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, also, Shyamalan had to feel Batista out before he was given the role of Leonard. Batista said that uh, he had met with M. Night on a few Zoom meetings before uh, M. Night even mentioned that he had a project what, that he was working on, and uh, he got the audition that way. It's interesting. Uh I, I mean, not to spoil it, but I mean, he, he did a really good job. I agree. All right. Before we jump into the movie today, uh, Josh is going to give you a little word from today's sponsor, Podbean. Are you tired of listening to podcasts and thinking, even I could do better than that? Well, now's your chance to put your money where your mouth is. We've partnered with Podbean to give you one free month of unlimited hosting. That's right one whole month to get your podcast off the ground and into the ears of listeners everywhere. Simply go to www.podbean.com HOH to sign up and get started. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today and let your voice be heard with Podbean. That's www.podbean.com HOH. And now back to our show. Thank you for that, my dude. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Josh. Uh, Love you, boo. Love you, boo. <laughs> All right, knock in the knock in the cabin. Damn, I can't say this movie Better at than all. Cabin in the woods. <laughs> knock knock in the cabin at the woods. Whatever. <laughs> knock at the cabin is a 2023 American apocalyptic psychological horror film written and directed by M Night Shyamalan. Uh, and he wrote the screenplay from a draft that was written by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman. The film stars Dave Batista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldrich. Nikki Amuka Bird, Kristen Coy, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint, who I did not recognize and you brought up to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so our film, it follows around a family of three, Eric and Andrew, uh, and their adopted child, Wen, and their vacation in at their cabin in rural Pennsylvania when they're approached by a stranger named Leonard, played by Dave Batista. Uh, you see, you see Leonard... Uh, he walks alone uh, 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 inside of a pit of danger. <laughs> <laughs> no, he walks up on when and uh, she's collecting grasshoppers. And look, I, did you ever collect uh, bugs as a kid in a Fuck container? No, man, I hate bugs. Really? Yeah. Uh, I I used to collect, but I didn't do like she did. Like she collected just grasshoppers. Yeah. I had like one of those like you know those plastic ones that had and have like the vented lid. I was going to say it had the holes in it. Yeah. 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 Um, I used to get those, but my thing is I would put fucking everything I found in there. So I'm putting a spider in there with like crickets and like worms and create shit. a fucking ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, basically really just giving the spider fucking food to eat. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh, like she catches them and she like writes their names down. Somehow she's able to sex, sex yeah, them right? as well. Which yeah. When I was like, how little... the fuck you tell a male and female grasshopper apart? Right. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, letter comes up and he kind of like starts talking to her. Yeah, that is the classic. Somebody's got to teach these kids because I've seen this too many times in movies. 
the classic I'm not supposed to talk to strangers followed up by, I mean, you see it with Pennywise, all of them. Oh, well, if we start talking that we're not strangers. So my God, teach these kids that's a tactic. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I feel like it happens all the time. And if we be like, oh, well, if we sit and talk to each other, then we won't be strangers. A dumbass kid goes along with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely. funny because the adult slash uh, clown always tells the kid that, oh, that's smart. You're a smart kid. Yeah, just a little word of affirmation, you know, gets children to bend pretty quickly. It's unfortunate. <laughs> and uh, he tells her that, because uh, I, I like the line when he was like, uh, he was like, you call your dad by his first name? She's like, well, that way I can tell which daddy I'm talking to. Yeah. And then he talks about how he wants to be friends with her and their dad, and he feels real bad about what they're going to have to do. And uh, he's joined by three others, and they explain they've been compelled by visions to find the family in order to save the world from an upcoming apocalypse. Uh, the group claims the end of the world can only be prevented if the family sacrifices one of their own. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of what uh, people got from the trailer, but uh, it's it's definitely, I just feel tense throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's super tense. But... Uh, and I just want to say that uh, Ron Weasley gets fucked up in a fist fight with Andrew. That, <laughs> there's a fist fight that breaks out. And, uh, you know, sorry if a fist fight is considered um, a spoiler to you listeners out there, but Ron Weasley gets his ass whooped. Yeah, in the beginning, uh, Letter tells them to let them in the cabin because they need to talk to them. Yeah. And then they basically tells them either they can let them in or they're going to force their way in. But, yeah, uh, Ron Weasley uh you can't fight (laughs) i was trying to think of his i just i just lost his name in the movie redmond redmond yeah redmond yep is his name and he's one of the ones that comes in and he just gets his ass beat by the one dude yeah he fucks him up yeah and i like how we also get to see throughout the film you know like no spoilers but uh and we get to see what made andrew such a hard ass and how he knows how to fight i liked that yeah like i feel like a lot of stuff was covered um it's really hard to kind of like elaborate without going into spoilers on the plug. The, the trailer and what we just said gives you the plot. And then after that, you're kind of like, what can I say without giving away spoilers? Because the whole point is like, we know what the situation and each is. Thing but just kind of unravels something new and you just kind of keep taking it step by step. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess maybe I just, I hate, hate to just be like, hey, so this is what the movie's about, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's one of those ones that, the more you talk about it, the more you're just going to ruin stuff because it's going to lead into other stuff. Yeah. But, uh, for me, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a thrill ride that will keep you on the edge of your seat, then look no further than knock at the cabin. This movie features, you know, Dave Batista and he steals the show. I was blown away by how good of a job he does. He plays not, not to spoil anything, but he's a very soft mannered person, but just, it's weird you can buy it as you know big and build as batista i want to be friends with leonard what i want to be friends with leonard he's a very nice guy like considering the circumstances and everything going on like he's very nice a lot a couple times the people with him want to be very short because there's a point that the world's ending that they want to get to and throughout the film like leonard tells him like i understand why you feel this way i can understand you don't trust me yeah he, he tries to get on their level and it's 
it's it's a really good acting performance by Dave Batista. Like it doesn't doesn't come off fake. It seems very very believable. He's uh what a school teacher, second yeah, grade teacher, a gym teacher or something. Yeah, I was a, I know he's a gym teacher, but I think he taught uh, like you said second grade as well or something. And uh, this film just throughout the movie, you're I feel like you're questioning everything from mm-hmm. every angle. Where it's like, is this real? Is this not real? Like, what if that happened? Uh, it's a really immersive experience, honestly. And I feel like it engages from start to finish. Uh, the movie's a perfect example, I feel, of what a psychological thriller should be. Yeah. Uh, the thought-provoking nature of the story will have you wondering <laughs> what you would do in the same situation. On, on all around, not, not just like, this isn't a typical home invasion movie. No, it's not at all. Where you're going, oh, if somebody invaded my home, what, what what would I do? I feel like this one, you're on that side of these people come in, but also you're on, you know, with Leonard and them, and you're like... You understand their uh, predicament, yeah. Yeah, like, how, how would I feel if I were them? Yeah. And I feel like you if don't If they're not that. bullshitting and part of some crazy yeah. cult, how would I feel being them, exactly? And, uh, yeah, overall, I would give Knock at the Cabin uh 9.2 out of 10 oh shit i fucking love this movie. oh wow that's awesome coming from someone who's not like a huge Shyamalan fan that's and that's excellent dude i'm getting this john on physical media like, <laughs> oh, i'm, I'm, I'm gonna buying. get this i i love this movie i i can't believe how much i liked it that's awesome i'm really glad because uh when we don't usually talk opinions you surprised me like i really thought you were gonna like prey and you hated it so uh i was going in thinking he's gonna fucking rip this movie so that's really cool you liked it that much i loved it i i really like it was one of those movies i went and saw and i went well the trailer looked good i feel like i could like it or i feel like this could be a drawn out movie that i feel like i, I would be like you know how i always yeah. feel where I feel like it could have been shortened. I I loved everything about it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Did you uh, catch M Night as the host of the? Uh, yes, I pointed Air out Fryer to my commercial. nephew, and yeah. it's lost on him because he don't know. I'm like, I'm like, that's M Night Shyamalan. Dude, I thought I'm goes, like, yeah. He goes, who? I'm like, the guy who directed the movie. He just goes, oh, okay. Dude, I thought that when I was at the theater watching it, I thought I'm like, I wonder how many people are watching this right now and not getting it. You know, well, doesn't I mean, he usually do a cameo in a he, lot. Oh, of his you, yeah, he's he's usually in all of his movies, but. uh to, to the uninitiated, you know, people who haven't seen his other films and shit, they wouldn't know. And he's a Philly guy, like we said, and he made sure to get a Philly reference in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, was it Andrew? Yeah. Was, yep. was, was wearing the shirt with Philadelphia on it? Yep. Uh, all right, so my rating. Um, okay, so first of all, I did not expect the movie to start immediately like it does. Yeah, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Because I saw you had that a part of your review and I didn't want to steal that from you. Same fucking thing, man. Like I told you, I was a little late. I still mm-hmm. showed up on time. There was still a couple more previews. But in my head was, well, if I miss the first couple minutes, it's fine. From the trailers, it looks like it's just them going to the cabins, and mm-hmm. that'll set it up. No. I was like, holy fuck. Dave <laughs> Batista's here already? Yeah. Opening scene. The, the trailer misleads you and makes you think that we see them going to the cabin, and then shit breaks out. But in reality, the movie picks up, and they're already at the cabin. And the scenes that we was, see. Yeah, I wasn't ready. No, yeah. I saw I, him in the woods and I was like, okay, we're starting already. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That was and, one of the first things that made me go, oh, I think I'm going to like this because that was one of my worries was it was going to be drawn out to get them to the cabin. Yeah. And you're thinking like, I've already seen the trailer, so I know they end up at the cabin. So I thought it was just going to be, you know, 25, 30 minutes into the movie maybe that they would show up. But no, it's like 
three, four minutes, it feels like. It's her catching yeah. grasshoppers and, and jumps it's a, right it's to the monologue scene, up a dialogue on. scene. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like the the that's just it the whole thing that we see in the trailer the scenes we see of them like driving in their car and singing and shit that's all like flashbacks that we get like throughout the film while they're already in the cabin you know i like that um the opening scene with leonard and when showed me and i think it shows anyone who has an eye for cinema from the start how beautifully this movie is shot i mean it is clean and it is pretty to look at and uh it is a really great opening scene that set the tone right away all the characters are genuine and real the acting is very grounded and organic and again we'll go back to dave batista i'll have my say now batista as leonard is a very likable character and uh dave gets an a for acting his fucking ass off he shares the screen (laughs) he shares the screen man dave batista shares the screen with actors that are much more seasoned than him go to their imdbs everybody's been in tons of shows and movies and yet he steals the show he's everyone's favorite character yeah and it's funny because i feel like at least for me when was maybe supposed to be the, like the heart of the movie but i really feel like it's leonard that's a really good point i agree with you 100 percent. i agree with you there's stuff like well we'll get into it that i was just like damn yeah yeah and uh again with this scene and what you had mentioned earlier um uh this movie you know accurately depicts how gays are perceived by outsiders as well as what it's like being a child with parents of the same sex you know and m knight said that he saw this movie as a story about love and that even as himself being a heterosexual he sees past the fact that the couple is gay because it's just about love and that is absolutely true eric and andrew to me in this movie are just looked at and treated like ordinary people to like to the audience because they are being beaten over the head constantly and being reminded that they're gay you know m night doesn't exploit these characters he just allows them to be normal and i i it's not really a spoiler it's just a conversation but like at one point i think it's how we eric 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 brings it up yeah that he says you know, you picked us because you're a gay couple. Yeah, that's their immediate thought is like, oh, they're... they're, they're because they're, of bad experiences yeah. he's had previously. And, like, Leonard's like, no, that doesn't... We didn't even know who... Basically, who was going to be there. It was just this family. Yeah. That they had... And even, you like, uses the term, like... You know, because, you know, their their problem is, you know, that, that they're looked at differently. And he was like, we're just ordinary people like you yeah exactly they, they make it clear that they are not prejudiced against them at all and uh again and that's what i liked about them the messengers are normal people living ordinary lives and then they they get these visions that lead them to where the story takes us and i really liked how leonard sabrina adrian and redmond arrive at the cabin and uh this the whole scene of them when they first arrive at the cabin i love how you hear them like talking and arguing amongst themselves behind the door like eric and andrew and when are listening to them like arguing and whispering amongst themselves and it really gave you the vibe from the start and created this dynamic that you're just not used to where you know the them the four people outside are just as nervous as andrew eric and when are like they don't want to be there any more than andrew eric and when want them to be there and uh as a whole the movie is very intense due to the acting the tight pacing and the score by uh i'm gonna butcher this name i actually listened to the name on youtube but i just it didn't stick i can't say it uh herdis 
Staffendoder. Oh, I know I butchered that, but the, the score, I'm sorry I butchered your name, but the score is fucking killer. It really keeps your heart pumping. Uh, I give this a solid 8 out of 10, but the more I think about it, I'm thinking it's probably an 8 point. I wrote in my notes an 8 out of 10, but after talking about it and hearing John's 9, I think I'll give it an 8.5. It's, I'm not mm-hmm. at a 9.2, but for sure, it's uh, absolutely one of M. Night's best movies. He rebounded from old. His last film, Old, wasn't was all right, but he came back strong. He, he by no means is one of those directors where he makes a bad movie and you think oh geez he's gonna start sucking because like his movies are like some do suck but then he bounces back and you're like jesus christ that's amazing and then he'll do another movie that sucks and then you're like oh, okay and then he comes back and he does an amazing movie so he's all over the place man but this is one of his best movies for fucking sure so yeah uh i want to re-answer your question because i didn't want to give it away in the beginning you asked what my favorite m night Shyamalan movie in yeah is knock at the cabin i was I, <laughs> when you hesitated i thought in my head i'm like i wonder if he's gonna say knock at the cabin and you didn't so yeah you I tricked want, me you I, I, me. I didn't want to give it away at the beginning but did you I, hit that bong Is yeah, that my I, hit? I, I ripped it twice All right. um yeah it after seeing it i was like yeah this is my favorite m night movie like i just i'm blown away by how like personally how much i like this movie like i want to go it's one of those movies that even though like I know, I, I guess not twist now, but like, cause you know, it's like, you, you know, with a lot, a lot of thrillers, like once you get to the end game, that's kind of the end of the rewatchability. Cause that's yeah. 95%. But I just, it, this is one I want to watch again. And I, I know that, uh, with, with you being, uh, you don't read much. We've talked about that before. You know, not that you, I'm not a learn it man, but, uh, but you, you said that, uh, you know, like with you liking the movie this much, I definitely think I, you're probably pretty intrigued to read the book, I imagine. Audio book it. <laughs> <laughs> Going to do the lazy shit, but all right, either way. Yeah, I mean, I could listen to it at work and shit like that, but... uh could just read a book, but all right. Uh, I don't know how. <laughs> I have to have the words told to me. But uh, yeah, I guess it came out weird. Um yeah i think now's probably the good time to uh jump over to the spoilers because there's like so much i want to talk about but i don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen the movie this is your time to dip out right john yeah just go ahead and go get yourself like a breast and a thigh from popeyes or something and then uh go watch it hell sneak it into the theater yeah and come back <laughs> then come listen back to this and have more popeyes all right well i think uh we could probably get into talking spoilers here you've been um, warned yeah you've been warned we even got you a popeye's ad and everything um yeah the fucking that shit was crazy i was not ready and did not gather it from the trailer that if they said no each one of the four would kill themselves and that the four were actually indeed the fucking four yeah, horsemen. yeah you find out right towards the which yeah. i that might be my only complaint like but what I, you kind of expected that to be the case uh, no i was gonna say just that they kind of throw in like oh they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse but the four horsemen of the apocalypse i i guess it's supposed to be more of a twist on the four horsemen because yeah. it's like yeah. pestilence right famine war death i'm fucking it up probably but that's so i thought that was kind of weird i was like i don't know if they just it almost felt like they were like oh we have four people so yeah like these these guys were very these these intruders were very uh passive aggressive and uh like you said like you there's know, these, a ritual to when they have to sacrifice yeah you know, ron weasley told him to look him in the fucking eye so basically the thing is that 
it, the, the whole point is that every time that Eric and Andrew and Wen say no and decide to sa- essentially, I guess, sacrifice one of themselves or be sacrificed by well, the other two. Well, he even sacrificed himself. That's part right, of, that's part what of I'm the saying. rule is that when they pick one, the four people there cannot assist in any way. They can't put yeah. it off on them. The four to horsemen kill. can't assist, and, and you can't suicide. And they can't hurt them. Like they're literally like there's no harming. They're harming the 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 Andrew, Eric, and when they tie them to chairs. But that's like the worst that really happens. They literally are just begging them to just hey and make feel- the right choice. And every time you say no, like the world's gonna get hit with some sort of biblical plague, and we have to kill one of our one of our four. And like yeah, like you said that shit took me by surprise when i was like damn like they did right then and there if you're not convinced that they're that they're telling the truth you're at least convinced that they are a batshit crazy cult well also part of the reason that helped me believe them is during the actual home invasion you can tell that they're purposely trying to not kill them or harm them as much as they yeah. can yep because uh andrew gets his leg swept and he uh fills it from child's play too but he lives he yeah. just has a real bad concussion and as soon as he hits the floor uh i wish i could remember her name but uh the lady the one lady the nurse uh she starts freaking out she was actually i thought it was pretty cool because i noticed her right away she was the maid from uh get out yeah i think you said phil gets swept i think you mean eric well, I right. said Andrew. Andrew. Maybe it's, it was it's, Eric. It's uh, Eric's the one. Andrew's okay. the whole, Yeah, Eric's when it gets, yeah, yeah, gets swept. He gets swept and gets the concussion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the nurse, uh, like, Sabrina, uh, um, immediate, right? immediately yeah. is like, oh my God, oh my God, are you, like, are you, is he okay? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I, I just, I mean, it was a, I really liked how that, that dynamic of how they were so nice. Like I said, they're literally like, we can't hurt you. Like they're, they're, it's, it, I saw an article that said it's the most polite home invasion movie you'll ever <laughs> see. And it's very true. Uh, like I said, I'm bad with the names. I only remember Redmond and, uh, uh, Leonard, Leonard Redmond, Sabrina. And who was oh, the one that was the me. cook? Cause like, She's cooking food for when and was like, oh, when you're done here, like, come see me at my restaurant and I'll cook you all the breakfast burritos you want. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't do Now you're going to get me. I knew their fucking names and I lost it. I said them earlier in this episode and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I really like uh, going back, like, that Leonard, like, Dave Batista's Leonard, like, I, I know we keep saying he's just so likable. And I think the first thing was when you see him catching the grasshoppers with when yeah the like he just seems like super wholesome yeah and everything but you know they're part of this cult but like and, and then each time when they say no and one of the mem i guess it's not a cult but no one of the members of the four horsemen yeah, yeah. uh each time they kind of have like that ritual where they like cross paths but you yep. can tell how devastated they're and i feel like that was the one part that really made me go okay I fucking believe him because like <laughs> you just killed one of your own. Yeah. Like I was like, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I, I believe you or either that or you're, uh, you're fully dedicated to your cause. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, man. uh, like you can kind of even see Eric at that point, like Eric and Andrew kind of have that dynamic of the ones starting to be okay. I kind of believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. While, uh, what's it, Andrew keeps telling 
telling him. stand strong, Eric, yeah. He's like, you need to stand strong. You've had a concussion, which I feel like that was kind of a neat little thing in there where you have him with a concussion, so you're like, oh, yeah, he kind of does have a concussion. So, like, yeah. you can understand why, you know, maybe, maybe... Maybe Andrew's right. Maybe it is. He just has a concussion. Maybe these people are like religious fanatics. Right. But like, even when they, they, they would do that and then they would show them the TV and show them like the stuff that was happening. And well, yeah. Cause every time one of the four horsemen had to off themselves for every no that Andrew went when they, when they said another Eric, plague has been released on humanity. Correct. Yeah. Every time that Eric, uh, Eric, Andrew and when said no, and one of the four horsemen had to kill themselves or be sacrificed. I mean, amongst themselves, um, a, play, a biblical play would happen and like the dude the tsunami scene was fucking horrifying that's like probably the scariest like fuck um what was uh, what i was gonna say a day to remember that's a band the day after tomorrow yeah that you know that like that movie is supposed to be all natural disaster fuck that that tsunami scene and knock at the cabin was fucking horrifying man like legit and but uh, it was funny because that's not the tsunami scene i first went to okay I thought of, i thought of interstellar Oh shit! Oh, when you they got land me. on the planet, you got me. And it's okay. just a huge wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. Okay, but I mean, uh, day after tomorrow. I mean, it's not a great movie, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, but still, this tsunami scene stuck with me. Like, I was fucking terrified watching it, and uh, other things happened, like fucking seven hundred planes dropping from the sky. Like, and just, the way Matisse from tells fucking, them about what's going to happen. Yeah. And the thing is, like Andrew's argument is that it's pre-recorded. I don't give a fuck. Like this dude said that this shit was going to happen. Even yeah. if it happened two hours before, yeah, exactly. before Redmond died. Like, yeah. I don't give it. Okay. I'll give you one. Okay. The second one happened. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they're killing themselves and not harming us. This seems a little and then, off, like, right? Even then you're like, okay, well he did bring up that this virus was spreading before, but okay. Now you told me about the planes and they're literally dropping out, out of, of the sky. sky on live TV. Yeah. And, uh, and we the just, way Batista, uh, sorry, not Batista Leonard describes it sounds so much cooler when he's like, tell like when he's read dude, the one, when he talks about the planes, I feel like that was yeah. like the most badass one when he yeah. was like, uh, the sky will fall and God's fingers will scorch the earth. Yeah. And then it fucking, ha and he repeats it as it's happening. Um, but, oh, uh, the newscast? Yeah, that was but, one of my favorite. I'll get to okay. that, but I was going to say, what I was going to say was um, one of the best parts of the movie for me, what we were talking about, the four horsemen like dying, is is watching Eric and Andrew and their reaction, how they're screaming for the horsemen to stop killing themselves. It's like, it is almost like, it's like a passive aggressive torture to Eric and Andrew because they're like, we like these people aren't harming us, but they're making us watch these brutal, like, deaths because when they kill each other they're fucking stabbing and batista comes up with that axe and gives you a final death blow and it's just so fucking unnecessary these deaths are brutal even though they're not seen yeah, so. ron weasley put it on the mask i don't know what's, yeah. i don't know what's up with the white sack though uh, i guess because like they died innocent or something i don't know that but, or i thought maybe you know. well, i mean we find well we're already in spoilers so it don't matter well we find out uh fucking redmond wasn't so you know right innocent but I thought maybe it was maybe just to protect the people from having to see their face or something maybe, like that. Maybe, maybe. I don't, but, but I, I don't just, know what to look. Yeah. Well, especially after Batista cave you head in. Their fucking reaction, though. Andrew and Eric's uh, reaction bash. and how the they make Wen even watch uh, Redmond's, but then after that, they allow her to turn her head. I think uh, she didn't turn her head for Redmond's, right? Didn't they make Red, uh, she watched she for that one, I think. did because... Uh, I can't, I'm pretty sure she the she watched woman. the first one because <laughs> then after that they allowed uh, well, uh, Andrew thought, and Eric to like shield her eyes when and put him with Eric. 
they were all sitting in the same room when Redmond died. Yeah. So, but each one, I think she was in the room. She just wasn't yeah, yeah, watching. yeah. But I'm, I'm saying I think she watched the first one, right? But then the second one, I, I don't know, maybe not. I thought I she watched she the first did, one because I thought that the cook lady picked went up from her chair and that's put possible. her with Eric. That's possible. But I, but I know, I know, she did that. I just can't remember if she was facing forward well i remember one of i think it was after redmond's death that, that she was facing inward and i remember yeah. thinking i don't know if she did that on the first one so i don't know if she, i don't know i don't know why the they movie. just didn't tell her go to her room but either way their reactions are totally believable i mean how would you react to watching people like butchering someone in front of you and you have to watch it and like be told hey make a decision or like, we're gonna fuck, do it again they're gonna kill their own people yeah you know but, but i mean um, it is fair that they said they wouldn't hurt them like, but but yeah my my fucking my favorite scene in the entire film is when leonard starts like saying what the news report is saying as it's happening because he saw it in his vision prior and uh the thing about that scene it's not just batista's acting but andrew breaking the tv and you see at that moment he's screaming at him like, how did you know that and for this character andrew who stayed strong the whole film to break the tv you see him like the tv's almost symbolic like he breaks that's all that he breaks now he's so convinced he's like he's like how how are you telling the truth like he knows now he's he's convinced and he's trying to unconvince himself and, and i think the big difference is they turned on the tv that time yeah at yeah. every other time leonard turned on the tv yeah exactly and, and uh and this time they grabbed the remote turned on the tv correct it, it was the broadcast yeah and uh, you know and, and as an audience member um you can't help but believe but believe it too like you said i believed him and andrew even andrew represents the audience who watched this movie in my opinion and he says what any intelligent person would say and he stays strong and at the same point where he's like okay like what the fuck's happening and you see him break as a viewer i was already convinced and like yeah i think that like the four horsemen were telling the truth so like i said i think that andrew represents the audience in a way because he goes through what you go through watching the movie yeah and then at the end when they're like uh when they realize and they do the four horsemen thing and that the idea is that all four of them were supposed to die anyway they yeah. needed to watch all four of them die mm-hmm. yeah it that was, just uh, starts pouring down rain yeah pouring down rain and basically so and then as soon as uh they never make a decision though that's the thing they never andrew and eric uh well well they make a decision well uh, the four horsemen are dead before a decisions made and the world's pretty much gone to shit like literally like i would say when was not involved in the decision correct but, but but basically the world we do see the world is like literally like ending on screen you know as yeah, the skies just turn black yeah it just starts storming and there's like lightning just light, striking light, and setting everything on fire fires everywhere yeah and uh eric basically tells andrew to kill him because he's had a vision and he said he had the vision when he first got to the cabin because you see leonard talking to him and you keep seeing this light yeah behind leonard that kind of reflects off of like a picture frame or a mirror yeah and eric said that's when he had a vision you know of uh when all grown up and stuff so he basically Gets Andrew to reluctantly shoot. He him. realizes that he's the one that should be sacrificed because which I was. Yeah, I, I'm, he comes I, to the I, realization. I'm with Andrew. It should be the other way around. I feel like the curmudgeon <laughs> and the non-believer should be the one sacrificed. Yeah, but he was at peace with uh, Eric. Was at peace with uh, himself and his life because he supposedly saw um, the how uh, Andrew and Wen grow up and how like they have a great relationship and. He says, "Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll, it's meant to be me." And, I'll bite uh, the bullet, literally. Yeah, and, and Andrew, Andrew does it, man. And let me tell you one thing, man. Uh, 
the line did daddy eric save everyone broke my fucking heart man i couldn't get that line out of my head when Wen says that yeah that was yeah they turned up the emotions at the end of that movie before it was just uh just all brutal yeah yeah. but then yeah you see him at the diner and like everything's becoming normal again yep yeah it's like like eric made the sacrifice barely in the nick of time but in enough time to actually save the world the world started recovering the water started stopped rising and planes stopped crashing and shit like that so well leonard told him he said after i'm gone you uh you have a couple minutes yeah man yeah it's uh and then he just straight fucking (laughs) slits his throat he does, and that was one of those ones where I was like, no, man. Because like, I, I also go. wonder going, I was like, what happens with the last one? Like, yeah. I didn't know if they would suicide. Well, who do you think of the, uh, well, I think, even though I didn't want to see Leonard go, he easily got the best death of the four horsemen. Who do you think got it the worst? I can't help but think it was uh, Redman. I just feel that his just looked unnecessarily rough. Yeah, there was some bashing on that one. <laughs> yeah, if somebody was splitting pumpkins. The white cook girl, she, uh, <laughs> I wish I could remember her name, but, uh, hers was kind of quick. Adrian. Adrian. Fucking Adrian. That's it. Yo, Adrian. (laughs) Uh, she just kind of got stabbed. Yeah. It was, it wasn't as brutal. Yeah. Uh, But this movie stuck with me. Um, it's one of those movies that I want to talk about with everyone that sees it. Um, M. Night Shyamalan apparently changed the ending from the book. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's different because as I mentioned earlier, I haven't read the book, but apparently the book goes in a totally different direction and Shyamalan had a different ending in mind, which makes me even more intrigued to read the novel. But from what I've heard, the novel was like way darker where this movie kind of ends on a happier note. The, the novel apparently is as our, uh, producer and editor, Josh Hensley put it fucked. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely want to read this book now. It's like. There hasn't been uh, any physical media that's made me want to read a book probably since uh, True Detective Season 1. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, you know, they're going to do a knock at the cabin steel book because Avi already had one for order. Uh, I'm going to wait and see what Best Buy puts out, but this is definitely like 4K steel book quality, like for sure, you know. But yeah, so you gave it a 9.2 out of 10. And I gave it an 8.5. So should we start doing like a joint, like the high on horror rating is a combined rating or are we just like Siskel and Ebert where we're just yeah, going to we, keep we the solo shit and I forget what I rate stuff afterwards. And then I just know if it's good. Yeah. Right. I feel like I'm grading movies in a vacuum. I forget what other movies I have. So like an 8.5, they might not be equal across the board. Agreed. 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 Uh, I keep keep forgetting this because of the fucking weed and then we talk and then I forget to mention and then I forget and then I remember it again. One point I wanted to make was I also like and I wondered if they were going to get to it was why were Eric, Wen, and Andrew chosen? There's What I like is there's not a solid answer. The only answer they really have is Leonard guessing why they were chosen yeah and he just says because they're he just he thinks that they were chosen because their love is so pure agreed yeah and strong but like there's really no solid answer as to why they're chosen it's just yeah there is no it's well again if you believe in the bible and everything's biblical it's uh you know um believing without seeing do you believe or don't you believe it's basically the question of again what i said earlier was uh you know faith versus belief and uh 
or not faith versus belief. That's not what I said earlier. God damn it, the weed's hitting me too. It was um it's that Cody Rhodes Stardust. Fact versus belief. And uh Fact it, versus fiction. It gives you, <laughs> it you gives you that vibe. Shit? But no, yeah, I really like this movie and uh if anything I'm super happy that M. Night Shyamalan put himself back on the well, he's always been on the map, but I'm super happy that he's made a strong movie again and uh it's what was definitely his last movie? the old. I mentioned it. It was disappointing. I don't even know oh, if you've seen yeah, it. <laughs> How the fuck did I forget about that? That was it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I was thinking it was the third movie in the Unbreakable Glass or whatever. Unbreakable Glass and uh, damn, what was the third one? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, we're terrible right yeah, now. We're this fucking Starduster. <laughs> it's at twenty one percent THC. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're uh, big fans of the movie, and I'll be honest, I'm surprised how much uh, talking we got out of it, especially yeah. in the non-spoiler part, because it's just, yeah, it's one of those movies that if you just start talking about it, just just ruins stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was again, good talking about this movie with you. I enjoyed this uh, this discussion and conversation, because uh, we, we really are on a high with this movie right now. And uh, once again, I can't say enough dave batiste is fucking amazing in this movie like, yeah holy shit so even though you constantly complain and say he has to meet sweats you're behind him now yeah, you're behind uh, him as an I actor didn't even get to that yes dave batiste has permanent meat sweats <laughs> and i mean as a man who should know meat sweats like i don't understand it because like i mean i'm fat and out of shape so i know why i get meat sweats i just don't know why dave batiste get a meat sweats he just he always looks like he's just like struggling to like get through doing something but like <laughs> the dude's built man like i mean i uh, wouldn't say it to him because he beat the shit out of me but yeah, like, right i just don't understand i've never seen a man that built but look like he's struggling so much <laughs> yeah man oh uh, i guess on that note meat sweats is a good part to part to end this, and this review on yeah <laughs> Uh, as always, we all know what the fuck we're doing next week. So. Oh, we know, but keep your eyes peeled on social media. We got Damn. something special cooked up. You don't have to tell me after the episode. I'm too high to remember. <laughs> you remember. <laughs> Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. Uh, yeah, keep up with us on social media. We'll let you know what we're doing next week. Um, I'm pretty sure I do remember now, but you know, we'd. Uh, high on horror 420 at facebook gmail gmail holy fuck dude i swear to god we have smoked too much of this shit we have struggled the last 10 minutes of this episode speak god. for yourself oh speak for my- you flat out said that the weed was good into you too i was trying to quote myself and couldn't remember what i said yeah uh, i'm that's pretty even affected worse. right you're now you're quoting yourself anyway high on horror 420 at facebook twitter instagram tiktok now high on horror 420 at gmail.com that's where you can send them ppa questions and our website official website high on horror.com keep official, the ppa not, questions not coming that fake ass one <laughs> yeah the real high on horror you know there's all them people out there making fake hoh websites you gotta watch out make sure you got the real one that's right the real got one. the smoke in the background so you know it's real <laughs> that's what makes us official the smoke in the background and that blue uh twitter check mark that's right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, I think that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>